Hey everyone, welcome to Mead Sports Alcohol for Monday, June 21st, uh, the summer solstice, longest day of the year. Uh, plenty of sports to watch during that long day of the year. Uh, and and we, Father's Day. Well, Father's <laughs> Day is today. I'm saying the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, solstice. you're in the future already. You're I'm the day future. ahead of me. This oh, is smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow, really good call then. Speaking in the present tense for the summer solstice tomorrow. Wow. Well, you, but you totally ruined it <laughs> because now it's over. The facade is gone. Oh, okay. All right. Well, pretend like I never said it. <laughs> Happy summer solstice, Dylan. Happy summer solstice. Uh, <laughs> we have an awesome show for you today. Uh, first, we have Brandon Wu. He's a professional golfer and a recent Stanford grad. Uh, where he won the National Golf Championship, as well as uh, recently he won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship in 2020. Uh, he's now competing on the Corn Ferry Tour and famously uh, competed very well in the 2019 U.S. Open, where he received his college degree on the 18th green. Yeah, that was a fantastic interview. He made me feel terrible about myself. He has 20 times more accomplishments than both of us combined. I'd say, uh, but he was still a delight. Awesome dude. Uh, after that, we have a Nets therapy session for myself. Uh, I'm pretty sad. I'm sitting here in my Nets hat right now. Just a bummer of a weekend on that end. Uh, and I'd say generally our brains are pretty fried at this point, right, Dylan? We're just like, yeah, so I'm dead. Yeah. So there's way too many sports going on right now. Like I, I actually, my brain can't handle it anymore. And I'm sure your guys's can't either. So before we dive headfirst into this week's episode, we're going to just take 10 minute or 10 second, just breathe it out, take a breather, let your brain just reset. All right, pour one out for our brains. Was that 10 seconds? I feel like it was. Dude, I did two things today that weren't watching sports the first was <laughs> i got a chicken biscuit incredibly hungover and mm. the second thing was i went to the driving range to hit golf balls so the only non-sports things i did were chicken biscuit and golf, golf. yeah which is kind of yeah which also, is sports which is yeah. sports hitting balls pre final round at the u.s open is an all-time move Big time, big time. Like I, it was just before, it was like two o'clock. So it was before all the big guys. Right before the leaders um, but dude, I have spent, I'd say 90% of my time in the last two weeks, just at, just asking bartenders who are already too busy to deal with my shit to change games that are on TVs mm -hmm. or to switch games around. Like put the US Open over there. Oh, ESPN. Oh no, the channel it's on changed. TNT, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's on TNT. Dude, my I multiple times asking for the Nets and seeing the Mets being put on. And I'm like, no one gives a shit about no. the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a Nets jersey. I want yeah. to see the Brooklyn Nets. Also, just I mean, the Euros just do it um do it a little bit later. Yeah, like, don't they know? Don't they know? Like those ignorant folks. Europeans. I'm sorry. Like, look, everyone wants to watch Ukraine, Sweden, but not right now. <laughs> not, not right now. Same with right. College World Series. I'd love to watch yeah. it, but I I not can't. Right I can't. There's not enough time in the day. Well, there's a lot of sports going on. There's lots to talk about. Uh, we'll be talking some sports after this interview. You're hearing with Brandon Wu. 
Uh, but stick with us. All right. Take it away, chat. We now welcome on Brandon Wu. Uh, he's a professional golfer and recent Stanford grad. He was the 2020 Corn Ferry Tour champion uh, and is now competing on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be on here. Yeah. Uh, so of those that I just listed, do you have one of those that you uh, are most proud of, those accomplishments? Because to me, graduating from Stanford, and I know you were an engineering major, I feel like that would be the one I'm most proud of. But 2020 Corn Ferry Tour champion is also pretty impressive. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think both are cool. But I mean, I think going to Stanford was definitely a pretty special experience. Um, you know, hopefully, when I look back on my golf career, um, hopefully, you know, there can be lots of cool achievements, but you only get to go to Stanford once. So I probably have to go with that one. I just think being in that environment, um, just going to class with a bunch of really smart, talented um, kids that come from all over is cool. Um, getting to play golf for Stanford was awesome. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool experience that I glad I got to go through. Speaking of, um, of, getting to go to Stanford, uh, as you, as I'm sure, you know, another famous, uh, Stanford golf alum is Tiger Woods. Uh, were there any like, like urban legends or crazy stories of Tiger, you know, like blackout drunk shooting a 62 or like driving it, like clear over the highway? Like, was there, are there any of those like urban legends that, that people still tell this day about Tiger? I think there are a few floating around. Um, but yeah, he, he spent two years there. Um, I think there's one, um, I guess, pretty interesting story just because, I mean, I, I don't think ever anyone at Stanford really comprehended how big he was in the golf world. So I remember hearing this one story, Stanford would host their home tournament um, at the Stanford golf course every, uh, every spring. And uh, I guess, you know, the his freshman year before the tournaments played, he like goes to the athletics department, he's talking about, like, hey, like, there's gonna be a lot of people out here watching me, you know, like, I hope you guys are ready. And they're like, oh, like, we've seen it all, like, you're, who are you? Like, you know, whatever. Um, but sure enough, like, thousands and thousands of people came, you know, to the Stanford golf course on, like, a Thursday afternoon to come watch Tiger play. And of course, they were, like, overwhelmed. They didn't have, like, enough people in place. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, that's, you know, his Stanford years are right when he was, like, really, really coming to prominence and, and really starting to excel. Yeah. That's awesome. That reminds me of like Michael Jordan when he played baseball. I remember just seeing the Last Dance documentary that they yeah. put him in double A instead of single A, not because he was actually good enough, but just because they didn't have like the capacity for the media yeah. that it would take because <laughs> it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your experience like playing there? Uh, I mean, maybe not thousands of people showing up to a, a random event, but playing on the team, was it like very notable at Stanford? Was there a lot of like... Uh, team spirit and things like that yeah I guess well the thing is the I feel like Stanford has so many good sports programs that sometimes you kind of just get lost in the shuffle I mean it's it's hard to you know make too much noise when you have Katie Ledecky on the swim team and you know coming off 
X amount of gold medals from the Olympics and, you know, she's swimming for Stanford and, <laughs> you know, things like that. But, um, yeah, so my senior year, we actually won the national championship, which was, you know, a very memorable experience, um, and something that was cool. And, uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's cool that, I mean, obviously a lot of the students are, are on the sports teams. I think we had over 30 sports teams. So, you know, a lot of athletes on campus. Um, but I felt like it was cool to kind of have, um, you know, like people in my classes, like I remember, uh, I think there was, you know, like a Stanford daily article on our national championship and people like congratulating me, uh, in class the next day and stuff like that. So it, it was cool to be part of that. Why not Cal? I'm just going to say, <laughs> Dylan and I are both Berkeley grads. I'm sure you could have gone. We would have daft you up the next day after. Oh, yeah. Like, we would have been, been your official hype, man. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah, have yeah. like a part-time job just to follow you around and yeah. hype yeah. you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Cal's obviously had some good professional golf success recently. Um, They're so, basically yeah. a powerhouse with Homa and Morikawa. They're basically yeah, yeah. a powerhouse. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Cal wouldn't have been too bad. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, so what, like, I always wondered this with, with Cal students. Cause like when I was, when I was doing my school work, I felt like I was drowning and I was just like a normal guy and you were studying engineering at Stanford and also playing on the golf team. What was it like to like balance all that? And like, you know, what, and how is it compared to now when you actually are, you know, have a little bit more leisure time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think the toughest part of it all was just for golf, like how much class you miss just because we play a tournament that's three days and then you have a practice round and usually you have a travel day too. So it's five days for a tournament. And that's, I mean, it's obviously like scheduled around the weekend, but you're still missing three days of class for each tournament. So that part was definitely hard. Um, I think for me personally, I, I was always like, I, I felt like I was like smart enough to like get the work done and do it like decently enough, but I was never like smart enough to get, you know, straight A's or anything like that. I felt like I was like a career B plus student, you know? Um, so, so it was like, it was, That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, I was never like a standout student, but it, it was like good enough. Like I'd get it done, get it done efficiently. Um, and then that's, yeah, that's kind of what I did through my Stanford career. And uh, yeah, I, I loved my classes. I really enjoyed my major. Um, so that was all good. Um, and then, yeah, now I guess it's interesting because you definitely play more golf as a professional in terms of like you play every week, but um, you definitely have more downtime day to day. Um, so sometimes it's like it can get a little boring almost. Um, but like I might be biased now since I have nothing to do, but because I definitely remember at Stanford, I'd be like, why do I have to study for this midterm? While I'm trying to play a tournament and like on the road. Like, um, so, yeah, it was it was. It's good and bad, I guess. It's it's nice to just chill and relax. And um, but yeah, I I kind of do miss doing you know solve you know working with people and classmates and doing projects and stuff to some extent. Yeah, well, similar to how like Bryson uses his physics major to you know dominate the golf course. Have you thought about like using your engineering major and like creating a ball bridge that like goes over <laughs> the trees and you can like? Have you ever thought about yeah. that? Maybe like you yeah. know. <laughs> I think um well. I guess one thing that comes from the engineering, I guess, a little bit and applies to my golf is we do a lot of like statistics and a lot of like, we try to be like really detailed in like the science stuff, like maybe not to the extent that Bryson does, but, um, you know, we try to figure it out, um, as like precisely as we can, mm -hmm. um, just cause yeah, I feel like 
with all the tools that are available today, there's so much data that you can collect and analyze. And, um, why not? Like it's for me, it's kind of fun too to like see how you're doing and see where you can kind of gain a small edge. And uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, it's incredible. That's the same sport that you're playing professionally as me just grabbing three random irons and running across the fairway with a beer, being like, one of these clubs will be fine. I'll figure it out when I get there. Um, but one thing that I just had to make sure that we got to in this interview is that you played the U.S. Open in 2019 and on the final round on Sunday, you missed your Stanford graduation. So you received your diploma at the U.S. Open. After finishing ahead, I just had to pull this up. Uh, you beat Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, Abraham Anser, Carlos Ortiz, all these incredible golfers. My number one question I want to ask is how do you celebrate after a day like that? Like with so many accomplishments packed into one day, like what, what do you do next? What do you do that night and like that week? Yeah, I guess, well, funny enough, after graduation, you move out the next day. So I actually drove <laughs> straight back to Stanford and uh, moved out. <laughs> so yeah, I guess less exciting than probably you were hoping for. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a whirlwind that whole week, um, you know, doing the graduation ceremony right after I got off. Um, the 18th green and it was it was really cool and uh you know luckily a lot of my friends were you know still at stanford so they came down to watch um throughout the week and my parents were already going to come to town for graduation so they were all there um so yeah it was it was that's kind of a you know i remember waking up that morning and i was definitely a little bummed missing out on like all the ceremonies with my friends and whatnot but uh i think now looking back like it's it's a pretty unique experience and a, and a cool story to tell I, that's actually it's it's funny because um jmo brought that up and i i remember seeing that video and being like wow that's unbelievable because seeing the video of you getting your diploma heading off the 18th green um so that's cool that now i'm talking to the guy yeah. uh um i i so whenever like something like that's going on i feel like you had a million things going through your head and you get your diploma like did you struggle at all with like what to do with it? Like you got a million things to do. You got to sign your scorecard, you know, go back in, do the press interviews. Like, did you like throw it in your golf bag and forget about it next day? Or like what happened there? <laughs> I honestly don't even remember, but it was definitely like, um, it was a surprise. Like no one had said anything about it or anything. And they like surprised me with that. So I was like, I don't even know. I was just like going with the flow. Like someone was like handing me this, handed me like the cap or something like, all right, look here for a photo, like whatever. And, you know, I just, I just remember being, I guess a little overwhelmed, but uh, it was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the classic you moving the next day <clears throat> seems like the classic, you know, that meme where there's like all the people at the party and there's one guy in the corner with like a mask on and he's like, they don't know that I'm mildly popular on Twitter or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I imagine yeah. that was you like renting a U-Haul the next day to move out yeah. of your dorm or whatever. Like, they don't exactly, know. I just beat yeah. Phil Mickelson at the U.S. Open. For you, though, uh, I mean, obviously you were at Stanford, so good backup option with your uh, Stanford engineering degree. Uh, but was there a specific point where you were like, OK, golf is going to be my career? Like this is a viable option and I'm going to like dedicate myself fully to it um and like what went into that decision yeah I guess um I felt like you know like growing up as a kid and 
you know, in high school getting recruited and going to Stanford, I'd always kind of thought about it, but I definitely wasn't fholly decided on it um, until probably like halfway through my senior year. I just oh, wanted wow. to make sure that, yeah, which is probably like later, you know, I figured I would do it, but I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure yet. Um, I guess I just wanted to make sure that I was doing it for the right reasons. And that was for me, like, because I really enjoyed it because I thought I could do well. And um, because I wanted to, and not just because I played at Stanford and that seemed like the next option or like, because I've been playing golf my entire life that I should play professionally. Um, so yeah, but like, I'm, happy with the decision i i've been having a lot of fun this past i guess almost two years now um but it, it's been a cool journey and uh yeah i'm excited to see what's next what's it been like on the on the corn ferry like in terms of and you played in a couple pga tour events obviously you played in the u.s open how does it compare to to playing in those bigger events you know the day-to-day of being on the corn ferry mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think the corn ferry is really interesting because you got like a like a bunch of different types of people out there, you know, there's some that are, you know, kind of guys like me, there's a few that are sort of just out of college and just getting started professionally. Um, you know, there's a couple slightly older guys who may have had their PGA tour card and lost their card for a year. And now they're playing with us for the year. Um, and then, you know, kind of similarly, like there's older, like journeyman people, like, you know, trying to get their like first PGA tour card as well. And, uh, it's, it's interesting because, I think the competition is really fierce on the tour just because, you know, you're so close to getting a tour card and that means, you know, financial security and like, like making it a lot of people, you know, when they talk about dreaming of playing professional golf, they dream about playing on the PGA tour and, you know, you're, you're kind of just a step away. So I think it's, it's really interesting being out there. It's very competitive week to week and uh, it's, it's a cool experience for sure. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it's super cutthroat cause it's like, the guys there, like from everything I've, I've always heard, it's like in terms of talent, there's nothing really separating them from mm-hmm. being on the PGA tour. It's just putting it together week to week consistently. And mm-hmm. so like, I'm like, I could imagine it can just be brutal sometimes for some of those guys that have been grinding for their entire yeah. life, trying to get on. Um, so that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For you and where you're at, um, obviously playing on some PGA tour events, but being on the corn Ferry tour, uh, what, if you could like come top 10 in a PGA tour event or be like winning consistently on the corn Ferry tour, is there one of those that you prefer? Like, how do you set your, like, what's your mindset going into the different tournaments and like, do you, how do you prioritize the tournaments and, and everything? Yeah, I, I feel like I try to treat them equally um, as best I can. And I think there's a certain, um, it takes probably a little bit of time to get comfortable with that. You know, Um, like when you're playing a tour event with some of these, you know, like Phil Mickelson and whatnot, it's, it's just, sometimes it's hard to block that out and, and uh, you know, it's hard to not think about it, but um, I guess, yeah, I I feel like I've become more comfortable and that's part of being a professional and learning. Um, you know, this past couple of years on how to play professionally. And yeah, you just got to be comfortable and trust yourself, be confident and, you know, try and do the best that you can. Yeah. Um, and that also makes me think, I'm just going to call Dylan out here. Uh, Dylan has been on the record jokingly saying that if he really put his mind to it and decided when he was younger, that he would be able to make it on the tour. Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your entire life? I've I've seen Dylan play. He's a good golfer for sure. Average, maybe. Um, 
but can you can we just get it on the record that that's an incredibly stupid thing to say yeah i i mean anything can happen i oh no (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i think it's it's really interesting um but golf is it's interesting because like some people have like certain skill levels but there's also this skill of like playing well when it counts you know and i think that's like why we think of like tiger woods and phil mickelson as being so great winning all these majors because it's it's just interesting i mean you can be one of the best players in the world but you go to q school and you have one week to play well and if you don't play well you're nothing to do for the year you don't get your card and it's interesting i mean on a weekly basis if you don't play well thursday and friday it doesn't you won't make the cut and you can't even play saturday sunday but it's so it's all about like timing and uh you know you string together a good week dylan you might get a chance (laughs) hey well given how uh uh how much my performance usually goes down when we're like playing through like if i have to do a tee shot in front of another group i always just shank it so i don't think i don't think i got that cut out for me to be honest i uh, i don't think i have the mindset Physical yeah. tools are all there, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the most amount of pressure in the entire world. I, when I try to think about professional <laughs> golfers, like if there's just a group behind us watching, like it is 99 times out of 100, I'm shanking that drive, <laughs> let alone like being at the U.S. Open, teeing off in front of a crowd and all these um, legends. But um, I guess sort of on the subject, I just wanted to know, in terms of you as an individual, are you just asked, constantly by friends and family or random people that you run into for golf tips as soon as they find out that you are a professional golfer and how annoying is that i guess uh i don't mind too much um but it's it's interesting i feel like yeah i don't i don't know i don't know if my tips are any good because i just feel like it's it's hard to explain sometimes and honestly like i feel like i don't know like that much about like teaching like someone you know I think it takes like a certain skill set to be able to explain it clearly and to be able to kind of like speak their language and like really teach someone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. You know, everyone's friendly about it. So it's, it's good. Ah, okay. Well, that was a relatively nicer answer than I was expecting. I was going to say, I've been hooking my long irons pretty consistently now, pulling them left <laughs> for me. I just wanted to give me a quick tip there. But uh, that's all right. We can, we can talk off air about yeah, yeah. long iron shots. Um, just another thing that we wanted to ask here. Uh, Brooks or Bryson? Who, what's your pick? Mm, I, I'd go with Brooks probably. Yeah, there we go. We're, we're all aboard the Brooks train. So Yeah, I think – I guess – I probably wouldn't do it exactly how he does it, but I kind of see like his way of thinking and his way of like, just kind of like speaking exactly what he sees, you know? And it's, it's not like, I feel like a lot of people in that kind of position can kind of just like say what people want to hear or whatnot. And he kind of gives like a fresh perspective, um, which I feel like is more genuine. um, And I do appreciate, I feel like, yeah, I might do it slightly differently, but I, I kind of admire his way of doing it. Yeah. That's a, that's a very uh, professional answer. That's, that was very, very well done. <laughs> You're prepared for the press. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ha- have you thought of maybe starting a rivalry with another golfer? 
you know, boost your profile a little bit into an intense competition. You'll have random people on Twitter begging tournaments to pair you guys together. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I, yeah, it's interesting since that the tours announced their like $40 million uh, performance incentive pool, I think it's called. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you obviously you see like the Brooks and Bryson feud. You see Max Homa on Twitter roasting people. Um, and then I don't maybe it's lesser known. There's this guy, Jim Herman, who's like a uh, slightly older dude kind of a journeyman um, but he's been firing off tweets as well that are pretty funny <laughs> talked about the 40 million dollars you have to cash out so i think it's it's pretty cool <laughs> well hey if you want to say something like absolutely inflammatory like totally out of left field on this podcast to get it going a little bit bump up your status a little bit yeah, yeah. Uh, get that 40 million we're all ears yeah, yeah. if you even wanted to throw out a random name of another golfer to start a rivalry with, with we will yeah. attack them for you <laughs> yeah yeah we'll be your hound dogs yeah they'll be my hitmen <laughs> yeah, i will exactly. be in their mentions every 20 minutes yeah uh, yeah and behalf. and we'll get a bunch of people at the events to chant your name when yeah. the other guy's playing <laughs> perfect yeah. yeah sounds like a plan yeah uh another quick question here saw on your little profile on the profile on the corn Ferry tour that your scoring average is currently 69 is there any part of you that wouldn't want to improve your score so you can stick right on the dot of 69 yeah i think luckily 69 is i think one of the better scoring average so you know keeping it right there must be good for multiple reasons (laughs) i think that's a that's a great closing question (laughs) yeah right now i want to uh bother you with any more with any questions (laughs) sex jokes yeah yeah Uh, Uh, thank you so much for for taking the time uh we really really appreciate it this is a lot of fun oh yeah you guys are great thanks so much for talking with me i call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers now watch this drive summer's coming are you ready to unveil your beach bod well guess what you're in luck Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code MEAT. Dude, I hope Manscaped isn't taking a look at like our videos and stuff because my facial hair is terrible right now. <laughs> I look like an Amish person. I look like Dwight's brother in the office. Like I have like yeah. the the beard attached to the sideburns that goes under. It looks awful. It's super bushy. Um, bushy. Fun. So if it's any representation of how I'm doing below the waist, I feel like Manscaped, maybe not well, the best it? representative. Is it? No. Out? No, it's looking good down there. Yeah. Yeah. In Manscaped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so get 20% off and free shipping. Look like me. There you go. Get 20% off and free shipping with code MEAT at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Damn, shoddy. Dude, I got to work in my car to knees. All right. Look, guys, you know. As we all know, as we've all learned this year, mental health is extremely important. Um, It's been in the spotlight recently, and we here at Meat Sports Alcohol take that very seriously, and that's why 
uh, today we're actually doing a bit of a therapy session here uh, with my partner, JMO. Uh, JMO, you are a big Nets fan. You've been hyping them up all season and uh, I'm sure you find yourself very disappointed. So what we're going to do now is this is going to be a therapy session. This is a safe space. You can let it all out. This is a judgment-free zone. Um, so first, I'd just like to say, you know, where are you at right now? Well, I'll tell you this right now. I need this therapy session. I have just bottled up the sadness. I was out on Saturday when it was going down with all people who are not big basketball fans and couldn't really empathize. So I kind of just took it in, just bottled it up and have just pushed it down this weekend. My sadness over the Nets. Um, and I'm going to let it out. It's going to come out eventually. Yeah. some angry yeah. rampage. So no, thank yeah. you. I feel like, I feel like Tony and the Sopranos right now, uh, just going to therapy against my will, but something I need. So I appreciate this. Hey, look, it's, it's not healthy to bottle it up. We want to, we want to get those feelings out. You know, we know, we know that you were hurt. We know that this weekend hurt you. Um, and the longer that you keep it in, the more that you are going to resent basketball. And we don't want that. Um, yeah, it needs to be able to enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so first off, okay, so first off, let's... Yeah, where do you want to start? Yeah, so I'm going to, you know, lead this. But if there's any point that, you know, you're starting to get uncomfortable, whatever, you know, feel free, take a step back. So first off, so Giannis, Giannis takes 25 seconds to shoot a free throw. And in a game that, you know, is very high stress, very high anxiety, that's a lot of time to be, you know, thinking and reflecting. Do you, how did that make you feel? Why the fuck, why the fuck does he get the like extra practice time before they hand him the ball? Mm. Like, what is that? I don't understand the rules, clearly. Dude, James Harden was like, ch I was channeling my anger through James Harden losing his shit at the, like when Giannis was shooting free throws because he stands there for 45 seconds before they hand him the ball and the 10 seconds start. It should be, it's not even a 10 second violation because he already had 10 seconds before he gets the ball. It, I cannot express how fucking frustrating it is. And it's not even as a Nets fan, just anybody. Even, okay, maybe if I wasn't, maybe if I was a Bucks fan, I wouldn't care that much. But for anybody watching, it's the worst thing on the planet. I mean, that's just objectively true, right? Like, yeah, right. No, we're, hey, we're all with you. We're all there with you, man. Stay strong, buddy. Hey, I'm yeah. sure it's been tough. I'm sure that must have been tough. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's tough. Yeah. You know what else? You know what else must be tough? Um, You've got DeAndre Jordan. Dude, right? DeAndre Jordan. And oh, he's on. My God. So you know he, takes up, he takes up a lot of space on $12 that. $12 million. Dollars. Yeah. <laughs> how does okay. that make you? How does that make you feel? Dude, my dad watches Nets games only when I put them on. And at the start of the season, we would have Jared Allen come out 
And DeAndre, we started DeAndre Jordan, first of all, for no reason when we had Jared Allen. But when DeAndre Jordan was in the game, my mom would be like walking through the room from the like kitchen to the bedroom and just see a flash of the TV and be like, that is the worst basketball player I've ever seen in my life. Who's that guy with the dreads that sucks ass? I'm like DeAndre Jordan. If DeAndre Jordan was the price that we had to pay in order to get KD, I understand that. Like KD and Kyrie like wanted their buddy or whatever. But what a fucking waste between him and Spencer Dinwiddie going out like torn ACL first game of the season, $20 million just out the window that could have gone to, I don't know, Kevin Herter, MVP, MVP candidate, Kevin Herter. Oh my God, dude, DeAndre, fuck DeAndre Jordan. Is he still on the deal too? I know, <laughs> I know Dinwiddie is a free agent after the season now, but if I have to deal with DeAndre Jordan longer, right? It's like a two-year deal. What's his deal? I think so. I don't know know what. That's not the space for this. $40 million deal. Oh, my. Four years. $40 million. Oh, my God. You know what's more annoying? I'm just going to say. Goddamn fucking Mike James. I hate Mike James more than I've ever hated an athlete. Dude, his goddamn hero fadeaway long twos and like three pointers with 20 seconds left on the shot clock are the death of me. I hate Mike James more than anyone. And Bruce Brown, but just recently during the regular season is pretty sick. But like, Mm -hmm. dude, his goddamn floaters. Oh my God. It sounds like you're harboring a lot of frustration over missed shots um sounds like there was a lot of those missed shots over the weekend yeah uh, another another um i'd say source of those missed shots was was joe harris yeah dude fuck that i don't i don't even know dude the problem with joe harris like i love joe harris when he had his like three point streak broken this season like i felt genuine pain i just don't know what happened the, like the thing is, this Nets team was so soft. They had, like, no heart. And I get injuries, and I get, like, cold streaks, and I get that. But they were just so soft. And, like, for Joe Harris, like, I don't know what he's supposed to do. Like, he played fine defense. His three-pointers just weren't going in. And, like, if he drives to the basket, then I just stop looking at the TV. So it's not like it's not like the old LeBron thing. Like, oh, you can just put your head down and, like, get a bucket, Joe Harris. It's, I don't know what you do. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing him. So I skipped him. I also skipped. Sorry if I'm going long here. Feel free to jump at any time. James Harden should pay Kevin Durant every cent of every contract that he gets from playing in the NBA for the rest of his career. That was one of the worst series. Game five, James Harden was the worst basketball game I have ever seen someone play. I mean, like, inexcusable. He is allergic to winning. He is Ben Simmons with a open shot. Or, or as we learned from the game on Sunday, see what I did there, present tense, uh, standing underneath the, underneath the basket with the ball and no one near him. He's just allergic to it. It's funny. He should feel – he should be ashamed of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. You mentioned um, softness. You kind of think that has to come, you know, from the top, you know, harden the team, harden the pun. 
Um, do you think Steve Nash is kind of the source of this softness? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not going to put anything on Steve Nash right now because honestly, the NBA is a fucked up league. Like, I don't even know if you can be a good coach. Like, you're dealing with these three personalities. Kyrie just takes vacations when he feels like it. And that's fine. Like, I support him, whatever. But, uh, dude, you're a Heat fan. Like, that sounds so nice. No, I'm complimenting you. I'm complimenting you. Dude, I would so much rather just have a team of guys that, like, I know aren't MVPs that, like, at least play hard and, like, can grind things out. Other than these, we got sweat. I mean, to look, I mean, this goes across the whole therapy session bit. But we got swept. So. You made it to the finals last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's oh. that's last year. This is this year. Dude, the Bucks suck. I hate. Been them. there in the Eastern no, Conference this Finals. This, this is your therapy session. Dude, they suck. They're so. Oh my god. Yeah. So I don't know. Like Steve Nash. That shot, that last shot goes in, or Katie's goddamn tarantula toes are an inch shorter. And we're talking about Steve Nash being a great coach. So, like, you know, this is all like, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know if you saw the story that Kevin Durant wears shoes that are one size too big. Um, Yeah. What the fuck, dude? If he wore normal size shoes like a normal adult, you'd be in the Eastern Conference Finals. How does that how does that make you feel? It's all ifs. You know, if he also didn't have toes that were seven inches long to begin with, that would also be nice. Have you seen his feet? Someone like tweeted yeah. out a picture of it's his feet. Disgusting. It's, it's, <laughs> he has four foot long feet. It is disgusting. Oh, um, no, it looks yeah. like my forearm. His foot looks like my forearm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, my, my whole arm. <laughs> my whole arm. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. I also, like, wasn't that amused. Uh, dude, fucking, I, when he, in the post game or whatever, was like, oh, yeah, I saw a screenshot. Like, I can't believe how close it was. Like, we all saw it. It was so heartbreaking. I don't want to hear anyone joke about it. <laughs> I don't know. It's so sad. You want to know the saddest part? Mm. Not, not nearly the saddest part, but another sad part. The bar I was at, like, everyone was standing up, which was fun. Everyone's rooting for Milwaukee, which I get. The Nets are a hateable team. I hated the Warriors when they had KD. I get it. The only guy rooting for the Nets who was from Brooklyn and seemed like a cool guy reeked of B.O. He was the smelliest person I've ever seen in my life. He was the only person I could talk to about the Nets. He was just standing next to me every time something good happened. He wants to like fist bump or like celebrate. And I'm like, I can't go with it. I have to social distance. You smell disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) He's the only person. Everyone else is being from Milwaukee. So that, that that wasn't part of Katie's toes. That's a separate thing. But fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck Katie's. Big ass shoes, his long ass toes. Fuck James Harden. Mm. Hey, well, this is good. I feel like this has been good for you. Has this been productive for you? Yeah, I'm scared my mom's going to hear this and say I curse too much because I don't know what's in front of my family that much. Um, Um, Why? How did you feel about the series of the Nets? I mean, I hate the Bucks, (laughs) but I'm I'm your therapist. I'm here to 
Oh, right, right. Oh, shit, my bad. My bad. It's not really a two-way street. Yeah. God, we have the Bucks and the Hawks. I love the Hawks. I despise the 76ers, but, like, dude, how how does this happen? I, if I'm being I never imagined a world. Oh, man. Where you didn't make the finals. Yeah, that like it, that must be hard for you. At least the conference finals. Mm-hmm. I do well, you know, it's not really nice being historically has been great being a Nets fan. So I was I had high expectations going into the season. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where uh where do you go next? What's next on who are you rooting for now? Where are you channeling all this energy? Oh man. Dude, that's I, a healthy, healthy coping mechanism. I, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't even know the Suns Clippers game was on today when it was on. Like, I was just like, I. First of all, why was that game on at that time? So quick, yeah. It was a like two days after, and it was like three p.m. on the East. Was that game at like noon Pacific time? Like, why was that game on TV? Made no sense. Uh, I honestly, I haven't thought too much about. The future at this point um i like the suns I'm rooting for the suns uh gotta say devin booker has proved me wrong he's devin booker i'm just gonna say it you heard it here first is good at basketball mm, mm, would, you, would you agree mm-hmm, yeah yeah i mean like certified good basketball player i'm yeah. ready to put the old jmo stamp of approval on that yeah Hurt CP3's legacy, I'd say, with him tearing it up so much. You have to reconsider. Is CP3 actually a good point guard? Mm. Or has he just been carried by book? Yeah. People are talking. You have to ask. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I'm glad you were able to um, get this all out there. Uh, Seems like, you know, you're doing better. You'll work through this. Make sure that you're, you know, getting this out there not bottling it up um and yeah, yeah maybe going forward you can have a nice healthy relationship with the nets you know no thank you thank you for doing this mm-hmm. i mean it, i can't say it, it solves my issues you know mm-hmm. deandre jordan still has a 40 million dollar four year deal left, three years left on that contract yeah um james Harden is still gonna be allergic to winning in the playoffs Kyrie's just gonna take vacations but it is better to talk mm. about it. So uh, thank you. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I remember those days I had no rights. I remember those days I had no sticks. All right. And that was our show. Tune in next week. Uh, we have an exclusive interview with Taylor Swift and Kanye West. Uh, they finally have a sit-down interview one-on-one. And we're going to be there uh mediating that conversation so you're definitely going to want to tune in for that hmm okay cool yeah are we mediating the conversation or just pitching an idea should we take sides oh yeah debate debate yeah Yeah. i'll take either side what if we do what yeah what if we we pick winners at the end oh okay and the winner yeah Oh, it's literally a debate. They literally, they straight up debate. But we need to get a third judge. That's a good, well, we should bring in another celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, probably not a fan. Jay-Z. 
Jay-Z. Well, yeah, I mean, is he just going to pick T-Swift out of principle of having beef mm-hmm. with Kanye? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What about, like, Simon Cowell? I mean, he is the most impartial judge that we have as a yeah. country. Yeah. As a, All right, I mean, there we go. So yeah. those are our guests next week. Okay, yeah. Taylor Swift, Kanye West, and Simon Cowell. So tune in uh, when we decide who was really right. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen. Um Thank you all for listening. Follow us on social media, as always, at MeSportsAlc on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook. If you want to follow us on Facebook. No, don't. Fuck Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't do it. Follow us on Facebook. Unfollow us. Yeah, unfollow us on Facebook. Follow us everywhere else. Uh, And we'll talk to you next week. Um, All right, fam. Peace. Peace and love. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Because maybe Because maybe